Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com, or you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash vctchurch. Um, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and get the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to share it. That really helps us out. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to partner with us, join with us, uh, you can head over to our website and right at the top of the page there, there's a donate button and we really appreciate any gift you send. Uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 10 this mm -hmm. morning. We're continuing through the, the plague. Uh, the plagues, the 10 plagues. And so uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to I'm get into it. it. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for, uh, for everything you do for us. Father, we're really mindful this time of year of, of uh, uh, the preciousness of, of, uh, of your son. Uh, we celebrate his birth this, this month, and we're so grateful for that. Uh, we're grateful for what that means to us as a, as a people and, uh, and as, for, as individuals. Father, we pray you you would continue to help us to strive to find that relationship, to do the things that we need to do, and help us, Father, as we study this this evening, that we uh, that we watch and listen and learn to Pharaoh and to the rest of the folks here of what not to do and how not to approach you and how not to respond to you uh, when the time is right and when the time comes in our life. Bless our our audience that they will that they will pay attention this morning, and that they will uh, truly. Uh, uh, watch and learn uh, in their own lives when, when you show up and not to harden their own hearts. And it's in this name of your son we pray. Amen. Amen. It's hard to distinguish uh, this morning and this evening because they're going to be watching in the evening and, uh, and we look morning. a little haggard. It's because it's 7, 7.30 in the morning that we're recording this. We were supposed to do it at 7.15, but because somebody uh, wasn't here on time. Yeah. So but we gave him the right because he's got kids at home and so yeah. when we discussed it initially, we had planned it for 7.30, and somebody decided that their their day is behind even at 7.40 in the morning. Uh, hey, I'm behind. So, I've got yeah, a schedule to keep. Important stuff. You know, I love Dan, Dan to death, but he is the quintessential old man. He's <laughs> 7.40 in the morning, and he's already behind on his day. So. <laughs> hey, Lee over there was up, this, was up at 12 o'clock this morning. Oh, I know, I know. He yeah, already Lee, had all of his sleep by 12. He's been up since 12 o'clock. Lee That's puts norm, us all to shame. No, normal day, normal <laughs> day. He, he sleeps, you know, at, up at 12, 1 o'clock, and he's up from then on. So <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, definitely something I'm not looking to emulate, though. <laughs> uh, all right, so, you know, we've been dealing with Pharaoh. We've been dealing with these 10 plagues. We've been dealing with, you know, Pharaoh and his officials hardening their heart. We've been dealing with all these people. Would you say that Pharaoh could look at this situation and say, God is going to do what he's going to do. Well, funny you asked, and we didn't coordinate this. I want you to turn back to chapter 4. Sure. Just for a Wait, second. Exodus 4? Exodus chapter 4. Just look at chapter 4. And I want you to see the difference, okay? Pharaoh we've been looking at and hardened his heart. God hardened his heart. God has showed him all these things, the power that he has, mm -hmm. and Pharaoh has blinded himself. He said, well, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to watch. And I want you to see what happens in chapter 4. Look at chapter 4, verse 29. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people. This is before it ever got to Pharaoh. The people got gathered around all the leadership and said, here are the signs we're going to present to Pharaoh. Okay, and what he said... 
and they believed. And when they heard the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshiped. Now, this clown here has seen it over and over and over. He has presented, these guys have presented real time to them. They present it real time, changing the, the, the Nile to blood, gnats, flies, frogs, darkness. Now, all this stuff is coming. Locusts now we're going to look at, boils, attacking every one of their gods or their entities or their deities, whatever. And he, and he Stanley puts his foot in the ground and says, I'm not going to believe, not well, going to obey. And, and so, but okay, and so you use two different words there, right? Mm -hmm. You said, I'm not going to believe and I'm not going to obey. Is there any doubt? No. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Is there any doubt that Pharaoh knows God is powerful and knows God can do things? Absolutely. So it's not that he doesn't intellectually believe or understand cognitively. He grasps these facts, mm -hmm. but he's not going to obey. No. And that's what I want to ask you about this morning, okay? All of our society, mm -hmm. right? All of our society has, has this view of faith. From a disciple of Christ's perspective, mm -hmm. what is real saving faith? If you say you believe and you don't obey, then you don't believe. But faith, true biblical faith is that, I'm, that I am going to trust God and I'm going to do what I'm told to do. Faith without obedience is no faith at all. Faith without trust. Well, that's, faith it's is implicit. an obedient trust. It, it's a belief that causes action. That's what faith is. And so that's why I say if you say you believe and you don't obey, then you don't believe. That's what God says. I didn't say that. Go look at Hebrews chapter 3. That's what he told these people right here. These people, when they get to the promised land, in just a short time we'll get there. and It's going to be two and a half years they're going to get there. And they're not going to do what God tells them to do. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah, first time yeah. they get yeah, there, it's going to be two and a half years. Yes, yeah. And they're not going to they're not going to do what God tells them to do. That's Did right. they not have opportunity to believe? The eldership, the leadership, the leadership, the leadership here believed seems to believe in yeah. chapter four. Believed. Why couldn't they train? Well, because because it, God wasn't showing up the way they thought God should show up. Well, and then that belief, we see how that belief gets tested uh -huh. with hardship. Oh, absolutely. And they immediately fall away. Well, they immediately say, "Why is God?" compounding our problems and, and all of those things. And they're going to do that all the way up to the promise. Absolutely. And, and God tells them, said, we see you did not get to go in because he's going to wipe out a, the a 600,000 people. He's going to wipe out right. in the next 37 years. And it, and he's, and he tells them, he said, well, you see, you didn't get to go in because you didn't believe. And he said, I punished you because of your unbelief. And so he uses those two terms synonymously in there. He said, if you say you believe and you don't obey, then you didn't believe. Right. You have, if you obey, if, you, if God tells you to jump and you don't jump, then you didn't believe him. Well, and Christ says pretty much the same thing, right? If you want to be my disciple, you pick up your cross and you follow pick up, me. You have to be obedient. Jesus, what did to. Jesus say? He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's you right. are my friends if you do what I tell you to do. That's right. Th that's what he said. You know, so this is not a new phenomenon. What did he tell Cain and Abel? What did he tell Adam and Eve? Over and over and over. You know, I gave you one command. Don't eat the fruit in the tree in the middle of the garden. And so what struggles... You know, for in my mind, right? I, I see this dynamic at play. And what is my biggest struggle? 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 What? Struggle. It's too early in the morning. It's too early in the morning. I haven't had enough coffee. That's the problem. <laughs> um, what, is, what is my biggest struggle to having a obedient belief, to, to exercising faith the way God expects me to? And I think for me, it's my own, I, I want to rule over. I want to have my own perception of things in the world. I want to look through, look at the world 
through my own glasses, right, mm -hmm. and react to the world and those things around me uh, as as my by my decisions, right? We, we, my yeah. perspective matters. We have we have uh, brought two or three people just lately to the Lord, mm -hmm. uh, and and all of them, every one of them, is getting their clocks cleaned. Oh, I know. They're getting their clocks clean. Satan has crawled into their lives, and we warned them. We told them it was coming. You have to be strong, be focused, keep keep in touch with us. You know, keep keep uh, keep growing, going forward. Now, they, they hadn't he hadn't destroyed any one of them. No, but man, he is really trying hard. He's trying, and it's and that's a fact of life. That's what happens when you come to the Lord. There are people. Some of them he's using their families. Okay, they're, you know, we've got some right now that, that are, 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 and their families are gotten involved now. Well, you know, I had, I had my, my cousin speaking to this. Um, I had a, oh gosh, I already said it was my, my cousin. So, um, text me and, and say, uh, and ask me, you know, can people sell their souls to the devil? Like it wasn't, it wasn't about that, but it was around that, mm -hmm. right? It was, it was asking about whether or not. You know, he should listen to a, to a musician or an artist who, who claims that they sold their soul to the devil. And my response to that was, you can't, you can't sell, you can't sell something that already belongs to somebody else. That's right. Your soul doesn't belong to you. That was a good you. point. Your soul doesn't belong to you. Your soul already belongs to the devil. That's the reality. Yeah. Paul says in Colossians, he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness That's over right. the kingdom of light. That's exactly right. All of us, that it, and it's, it's. All of us start, right? You know, at some point when we decide to adopt our own perspective and and judge right and wrong for ourselves and, and operate based on what we believe is right and wrong, as soon as we decide to do that, we're living in sin. That's right. Because we're not allowing God to speak into the situation. Right. So we're living in sin. And when we're living in sin, we're under the kingdom of darkness. So all of us at some point when we make that decision at whatever point that occurs for us, we step into the kingdom of darkness and that's where we are. Satan rules in the kingdom of darkness. Yeah, yeah. And what you find is when you live in the kingdom of darkness, you can eck out an existence. That's all you can do. Yeah. Satan, Satan might let you have good stuff. He might let you have bad stuff, right? He might, he might, he might, you know, none of it really, none of the good stuff really comes from him. Everything God causes does, the rain to fall. Everything he does is, is to keep a hold on you. And, but the game, right? And so let me make that really, really clear. God causes the rain to fall on the wicked and the righteous. Mm -hmm. So anything good that you receive in the kingdom of darkness, God get, God's hand is there. Yeah. But Satan likes tormenting people. That's what he does. And so even when you're in the kingdom of darkness, you're going to get bad stuff. But the game doesn't really start until you step out. Yeah. When you step out, when you accept the gospel, when you obey the gospel and God transfers you from that kingdom of darkness, that kingdom of light, then, then Satan goes, oh, game on. Yeah. Now I know. Now I've got to ramp stuff up because now you're over there. Yeah. You're not in yeah. my you're not in yeah. this side. Yeah. So it's it's really a perspective issue. Where do we start? How do we get over here? And it's and it comes with the way we move from one team to the other, the way we get on the other side, exactly what you're talking about. Saving faith, mm -hmm. an obedient belief. Well, trust and yeah, obedience. Like the Israelites, pay attention to what God has done. Don't lose sight of it. And what Pharaoh is not doing. You know, here in the first part of chapter 10, let, let's read first part. Look at what he said. Go ahead and read it. What, sure. what he said. How far do you want me to go? Or, uh, go ahead and read. Go just, ahead and read. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart. Now, God could not have done that, would not have done that if he had been obedient. If, he'd have, if he had said, you know, God, I know you're God. Rahab, we talked about her last week. That's right. Yeah. You know, 
And all he had to do was acknowledge that God was real. God would not have done this. He doesn't do that. He, God's not in the, in the killing business. He's not in the destroying business. He's not in the tempting business. He's in the saving business. That's right. Yeah, James says, right? And Absolutely. James very clearly, you know, when we're tempted, don't say God is tempting me. Because he can't be tempted by anyone. He doesn't tempt anyone. And he doesn't tempt people. So That's right. he said, in, in the hearts of the officials, you know, he, not only Pharaoh now, but he's also hardened the hearts of the officials. Remember last week, some of the officials believed God, believed God had power, and would bring in their animals in too, remember? That's right. <clears throat> so he said, he said, I may so that I may perform these signs of mine among them, that they may tell your children and grandchildren how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians and how I performed my signs among them, and that you may know that I am the Lord. The thing, just like we talked about last week, the guy in John chapter nine, God said, I, I caused this to happen. It wasn't for evil. I didn't cause this guy to be blind. I didn't allow Lazarus to die and suffer and die for evil. It was to show my power. You know, I was going to save them from this anyway. And to God, hey, let's say the guy in John chapter 9 is 40 years old. I, I, we don't know how old he is. No he's at no age of accountability. We know that. So let's say he's over 30. And, you know, how much did he suffer over those 30 years? Living as a blind man in a seeing country, in a seeing land. So, I mean, but it wasn't God's looking at it and saying, wait a minute, I'm going to bless you and you cannot well, believe. And again, though, we allow and I was talking to I was talking to somebody about this the other day, right? You said you said what God allowed, mm -hmm. right? Satan is the one who's running amok and causing all these problems, mm -hmm. who's who's you know causing the world to be fallen that we live in, right? Satan's the one doing that, and as people in a kingdom of darkness, we participate along with that oftentimes. But uh, for those who are in that kingdom, but it's what he allows. God's intent is always to save and to bless. Mm -hmm right? Mm -hmm. It's it's to save and to bless those that can be saved and, and those that can be blessed. And, and, and for those that refuse, judge guys, we're taking so much time with this because we think it's important. Absolutely. That especially in a, in a climate that we're in today and how volatile it is and how, how degrading it is and how mindfully degrading it is. I mean, people are struggling. People are depressed. You know, it seems like we get past part of the pandemic and here we are again. Sure. People are back in the hospital and, it go, you know, is this ever going to end? And I've, I've heard people talk, they're, they're down, they're, they're they're negative. You know, the political thing, the, the worldview, all this, all this stuff. And so we're looking at, this is how simple it is. God is working in our lives. God wants to work in your life to cause good to come. James chapter one, consider it pure joy, my brothers. When you fall into various trials and tribulations because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Satan is not trying to test your faith to develop perseverance. Only God does that. So God is allowing those things to happen in our lives to grow us and make us stronger. Well, He's allowing Satan like he did with Job. That's right. That's if you're in the church, though. Yeah, I understand if that. If you're not in the church, if you, if you are outside the church, then how do you look at these, these horrible things that are going on? And I think the answer to that is God is grabbing you by the shoulders and shaking you and saying, wake up. And it may be that what he's doing right now. He's using us to do that. You're, light. you're not going to live forever, right? No, you're right. And, and, you know, I mean, I look at this and I say, you know, for, for the people outside, you know, people that are watching that are not, have not been obedient to the gospel. You know, God, God is putting things in your life to get your attention. Okay. He wants you saved. He's using us right now to help you to try to fight, figure this out. You know, he's using these stories about all these plagues, this, ten, this Bible correspondence course that he's given to Pharaoh, <laughs> yeah. you know, to ultimately get to, to a point. And in, in just another chapter, we're going to start getting into some real, when he starts talking about the firstborn dying, then we're going to get into some stuff that has a real implication to us. That's right. You know, the, the plague of the locusts doesn't have anything to do with us. 
Okay, it really doesn't. It happened to the Pharaoh and them, but the plague of the firstborn, death of the firstborn, has every implication about us. That's where it really is talking about. Now he's starting to talk about the, the coming Messiah. That's right. I want to point out here, because there's, there's this contention, uh, I would say, with, with those who uh, use the umbrella Christianity concept for a second, but there are those who would argue against that, you know, belief is a, is a devoid of facts, right? It's not real faith if you have evidence, right? There's that, that type. I know, I know. But I want to point out here, who that's not how... That? Who says that? People say that, but I, I'm not, I don't want to get into it too. I'm okay. just going to point out. No, I understand. I'm understand. going to point out right here. This is what God says, right? I'm performing all these signs. First of all, he gave them signs, right? Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes we grab that, that phrase out of the gospel, Jesus' condemnation on the Pharisees who are looking for a sign, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. we, we grab that and we take it too far, mm -hmm. right? But look at what he says here, right? All these signs, you could perform these. And in verse 2, that you may tell your children and grandchildren how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians and how I performed my signs among them and that you may know that I am the Lord. God yeah. provides evidence. Absolutely. He doesn't ask us, to trust and obey without giving us so much evidence that it's overwhelming. Well, I mean, you know, just go to Romans chapter 1. Right. Romans chapter 1 tells us, and in, in, in text there, it says, says you want to see God's power? Look His divine nature? Look at nature. Yeah. Look around you. Look at the power of a flower and the power of a bee working of pollen in the flower. Or a hummingbird working. You know, we have hummingbirds that come to our house. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're the same ones. They come to our house. Now you don't. There's certain times you don't feed them, okay? Because they they need to move on. They need to go. So you don't feed them certain times. And and when they start coming around, Georgia will hang the hummingbird. And they come to this. The hummingbird feed will be there. There's nothing in it. And they'll, man, come on, that doesn't just happen. God God has caused nature to be unbelievable. And He said, just look around you. Well, and Paul will say in Acts chapter 17 when he's when he's doing the. Uh the Sermon on Mars Hill in mm -hmm. Athens, right? He says there's coming a time where God's going to judge the world, and he's provided evidence through this through the man that he raised. Mm -hmm. And so the resurrection is evidence of God's working in power. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul will say in another text in 1 Corinthians, he'll note that there are over 500, there are over 500 people who witnessed the resurrection yeah. of Christ, yeah. and he encourages the Corinthians, yeah. hey, go talk to him about yeah. it. So between the creation and the resurrection, there is huge evidence for God working, just yeah. as it yeah. was during yeah. this time, right? And yeah. so I want to point that out. God asks us to trust. He asks us to obey, mm -hmm. but he gives us evidence for it. He gives and, us and, every reason to do it. And again, guys, the reason we're de dealing with this is because it's so important in our culture today, right now, that we that we be that we be reminded and That's we right. be jump-started a little bit because it, it's, it's easy to fall into a state of, of, of despair. It is easy. You know, things start happening and, you, and we tend to forget you know, and, and God's very patient, very kind, very loving, and he'll, he'll be patient with us. So anyway, let's, Absolutely. let's, let's look at verse three. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says. And I just want to point out all throughout this text, this is capital L O R D. Yeah. So we're talking about covenant God here. We're yeah. talking about the covenant yeah. God of Israel. I pointed that out a few yeah. times. Just want to make it very clear. That's what we're talking about here. God is acting within his covenant and promises, mm -hmm. right? Um, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will bring locusts into your country tomorrow. 
They will cover the face of the ground so that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have left after the hail, including every tree that is growing in your fields. They will fill your houses and those of all your officials and all the Egyptians, something neither your parents nor your ancestors have ever seen from the day they settled in this land till now. Then Moses turned and left Pharaoh. Moses is like the best meteorologist there ever was. <laughs> yeah. You notice that? Yeah. Like he he's like on point. He's like walking and God's saying this. Well, I guess God is the best meteorologist. Yeah, there Because right? he's, yeah. well, he's telling Moses and Moses is <laughs> delivering this info. But, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If what is Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh's like, no. Look at what happens next. Look at Pharaoh's official said to him, how long will this man be a snare to us? <laughs> what? And I have had people sit in front of me and say, it's God's fault. Mm. God did this. You know, that God did, you know, they're blaming, they're not blaming, they're looking, they're looking in the mirror and blaming themselves. That right. We just let them go. Right. And he's, now they say, let the people go so that they may worship the Lord their God. Do not, do you not yet realize that the Egypt is ruined? It's ruined. The locusts are going to... Ever... Pharaoh is a deity, though. I understand and that. So think think of these men who have worshipped this man, and they've been forced to a position where they're like... I, we have that in politics today. Yeah, we do. We do. People worship yeah. some guy. They put him up on a pedestal, and he's a and he's a stumbling, bumbling, you know... Pile of rocks, man. Yeah. You know, and and they and they can't come off of it. They just can't. Yeah. They can't say, "Wait a minute," you know. Th- this doesn't make any sense. I mean, it has to, and even with them, right? I mean, and, and I've seen this with presidents. I'm, I mean, I'm not that old, but I've seen it with president, m- numerous president uh, administrations, where it's like, you can't, right? Even if he's of your party, right? Your mm-hmm. party then you can't level any there is no just criticism which is just insane mm-hmm. it's just in my mind it's insane either you know the guy does a good job because the guy gets a bad guy does a bad job part of being i think in my mind part of being an american is i don't agree with anybody 100 percent. no you know i'm always gonna i'm always gonna have my own kind of thinking on sure, something sure. right and mm-hmm. so it's crazy to me but the the severity to which their entire nation has just been flipped Right, with every institution being being thrown around and tossed. I mean, turf. think about it. He's systematically gone through and destroyed. God has systematically went through and destroyed everything that they hold dear. Everything. Right? I mean, their cattle and 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 they probably had to go back out and buy more cattle and I mean, stuff. This is because, the most powerful nation said, in the world. It said livestock were killed twice. Okay, the hail killed what was left, but it, it probably was a period of time in there. So they went and got some more. Because remember, remember that, that all their cattle died. Remember the plague of the livestock died. That's right. right. All their, and then and then you have a plague a little bit later. Says all the hell gonna kill the livestock. Well, how did it kill the livestock? They already killed them. Well, because they went and got more. They had more livestock, and that killed them too. So they can't they can't go out and buy anything from the neighbors. Say, hey, I need a steer to come over so I can kill. You know, God's gonna kill it before I ever get it to my house. And then here he said, you know, so now they said, man, Egypt's ruined. These are the same. These are the same officials. That God's already hardened her heart. And he said, and so then then Moses and Aaron brought back to Pharaoh, go, were brought back to Pharaoh, go worship the Lord your God, he said, but tell me who will be going. 
wait a minute. That's not what God said. You know, Moses answered, we will go with our young, our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and herds, because we are to celebrate a festival of the Lord. Pharaoh said, the Lord be with you. If I let you go along with your women and children, clearly you are bent on evil. So you see, this does not sound like exactly what we do. I was going to say, isn't that exactly, first we're going to blame God, <laughs> no. and then we're going to say what God wants us to do is bad. Yeah. That's bad. And then, That's we're, and then we're going to start saying, well, it's your fault. You know, if I can't blame you, I won't blame you. It's your fault. Yeah. And he, and he said, you know, he said, no, have have only the men go and worship the Lord since that's what you have been asking for. Then Moses and Aaron were driven out of Pharaoh's Right. Place. So let me, Moses and Aaron have been saying the same thing, right? Yep. Let all the people let go. Let my people go. Right. And so now Pharaoh does a whole lot of stuff here, right? First he says, <laughs> no, it's, it's your fault, right? No, the, what the Lord wants is wrong. Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to, it's not going to be what God wants. It's going to be what I want. And then you're going to do what I say. Now get away from me. Right. Isn't this exactly what we do? Well, he's he's trying to play games here. He is just like we do. He's but, playing games, man. Right? I can't I can't tell you for how how many years I played games. You know, play yeah. just played the game, man. You know, if you know, I just I'll, show I, up, I, if you'll just do this for me, I'll do this. Right. If I just if I just show up Sunday morning, yeah. and put some money in the plate, everything. Then me me and God are good. Yeah, we're good. Me and God are good. I don't yeah. I, I don't I don't know about I'm reading the gospel right and Jesus is like love your enemies. I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't need to do that. But I, I'll just show up Sunday morning and put money in the plate. And then we'll be good. Yeah. And you know, and I'll, I'll drop my kids off with the children's stuff, and and they can they can teach them morals and everything like yeah. that. But I'm and I'm, I'll come back and pick them up. At the and right I'll time. come pick them up at the right time. But I'm I don't need to be involved in any of that, right? Yeah. I'm doing yeah. I'm doing yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Look what he said. Mm. And the Lord said to Moses, "Stretch out your hand over Egypt, so that locusts swarm over the land and devour <laughs> everything growing in the fields, everything left by the hail." And that's exactly how it is. God's not. God is never satisfied. <laughs> With what we think obedience is. No. What we think faith no. is. No. We either come to God on his terms or and, judgment. And, you know, Cole, that's what's so, uh, it, it's so disheartening because I see so many people yeah. out there talking religion and, and it's, they're making deals. You yeah. know, they, they're really teaching a religion that makes deals with God. Yeah. You know, if, if you do this, God will bless you with power and money and health. You know, are you kidding me? God doesn't talk about that anywhere. Or, you know, if you save this prayer, you and God are square. Yeah. Right? That's not the what. That's, it doesn't, it, God doesn't or say, so that's making deals prayers. with him. Yeah. I'll do this, God, if you'll save me. Oh, well, it doesn't really make any difference what you said. It doesn't make any difference what the Bible says, you know, that, that's about the stuff. Go read the book of Acts. What does the book of Acts say? Well, let's go back. I mean, just go back to Genesis. Go back and look at some of our classes on Genesis mm -hmm. and go back and look at God making deals with people. God never allows, so it's it's the technical term for that is covenant, and God never allows, right? We see three type of types of covenants, and if you're in my Wednesday night class, you would know this because we've been talking about it, but there's a, a king-vassal covenant, mm -hmm. there is a uh, parody covenant, and there's a unilateral covenant. God never makes parody covenants. Parody mm -hmm. covenants are, I get to I get to set terms, the other party sets terms, and we all, we all kind of meet in the middle, right? Yeah. It's almost like a compromise. The unilateral covenant is from one party to the other, right? These are the terms, mm -hmm. and then the the well, these this is what I'm going to do regardless of what you do. That's the the unilateral. But then the suzerain vassal or the king vassal is a king to a vassal to a to a duke or, or whatever mm -hmm. a member and saying this is the way the covenant is going to work, and all you get to do is accept it or or say no, right? Yes, mm -hmm. I'll enter into covenant or no, I won't. So. 
when it comes to this relationship, that's exactly, almost exactly what's going on with Pharaoh. God is saying, this is the way it's going to be. And Pharaoh is trying to negotiate terms and trying to say, no, 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 well, maybe this or maybe that. And God's saying, no, no, this is the way it's going to be. And then he shows him. Look and then he shows so him. So Moses yeah. stretched out his staff over Egypt, and the Lord made an east wind blow across the land all that day and all that night. By morning, the wind had brought the locusts. They invaded all Egypt and settled down in every area of the country in great numbers. Never before had had there been such a plague of locusts, nor will there ever be again. They covered all the ground until it was black. They devoured all that was left after the hail, everything growing in the fields and the fruit on the trees. Nothing green remained on, on tree or plant in all the land of Egypt. You know, we talked about this last week, the, the tornadoes in, in Kentucky. That's what it looks like when you look at pictures. There's nothing left. Yeah. You know, where those tornadoes went through, there's nothing left. And then it says, Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now forgive me my sin once more and pray to the Lord your God to take the deadly plague away from me. What should he have said in his prayer? Please take the plague away or please God help me to be faithful and obedient to you all the days of my life. You know, I don't need, I don't need God. I don't need God to help me not live or be an alcoholic. God help me to be faithful to you. That'll take care of that. It'll take care of everything else too. And then he said, Moses then left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind, which caught up the locusts and carried them into the Red Sea. Not a locust was left anywhere in Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go. You know why? Because he's got two more coming. He's got another one, and then he's got another one. And, it, and he's got to get to the tenth one. Pharaoh can't. Pharaoh, and God knows Pharaoh's heart anyway. Pharaoh's not softened his heart. Well, and Pharaoh and Pharaoh has demonstrated that he's not going to repent. No, and that's and that's what we we talked about Proverbs chapter one last week. God knows knows our hearts, and He gives us even though He knows what we're going to do. He gives us the opportunities to get off the highway. Mm -hmm. He says, "Hey, here's an opportunity, just like He did with Cain. Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. Even though He knows we're not going to do it, mm -hmm. He gives us that chance." Let me let me ask you something. When the when the Israelites finally leave, and they will. In another couple of weeks, we'll get to it. They'll finally leave. What's, what are they going to leave behind? A devastated, ruined country. What happens when we finally leave that dark world? We leave behind death and destruction and devastation everywhere in our lives. That's what we leave. That's what we leave behind. And walk into the light and walk into a place where God says, no, I'm going to change this. I'm going to translate you out of that Absolutely. into this. And the only way to do that is not to do what Pharaoh is doing here, Absolutely. which is trying to make deals, trying to make deals on his terms, trying to redefine all these things. The only way that works, the only way we get our souls away from the devil and the kingdom of darkness is to look at God and say, whatever you want. Yeah, and that's what we've been trying to get across today anyway. What we've been trying to get across is, is if you've been making deals with God, if that's what mm. you've been doing, and say, well, God, I'll do this if, well, I'll just stay at home and, and I'll watch this thing. I can watch stuff on TV and, and, and it really doesn't matter. I'll send my check in. It really doesn't matter. It does matter. Oh, it yeah. does. It does to God. God's very specific. You know, and if you need our help, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to communicate with you, you know, to call us. I mean, there's a there's a phone number there. They can get to us and that you can get to us. Uh, you know, we can talk to you live on, you know, person what is to it, person. What is it the Hebrew writer says? He says, uh, if he's calling today, don't harden your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Don't harden your heart like you did in the rebellions. What he's going to tell the nation of Israel in chapter three, you know, or chapter four, don't harden your hearts like you did in the rebellion because they're going to do exactly the same thing that Pharaoh does much later on. That's right. Much later on. Let's pray.
Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to study this, to really pay attention to what happened to Pharaoh and really how it, how it connects so closely to what we do on a regular basis. Father, we have people that are watching that are, that are not in a relationship with you. They're still in the dark. And you've been, you've been calling them and you've been showing them the light from, the, from a distance and they haven't paid attention. Father, touch them. Open their minds and open their hearts that they might see clearly the direction they need to go. And bless them, Father. And if, it's, if they need to be in touch with us, Father, we're ready and willing to talk to them and visit with them. Father, whatever, whatever they need, we're w willing to do that. Father, thank you for blessing us and thank you for the word, for the power of it, that it has the power to change people's lives. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.